Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I am doing fantastic. How about you? It's good. I love springtime, man. May 1st. May Move. 1st it is. I just got back from a nice long weekend. End of April is always my anniversary, and uh, just did a nice long weekend down in Flagler Beach, and it was fantastic. That's fantastic. I had a nice little golf weekend in the Alabama Golf Trail, so that was really nice. Played a bunch of golf, had a bunch of fun, so that was that was pretty good. It's always good when you play golf. <laughs> All right, so uh, thought we'd tackle today. Uh, I'm too busy to grow. I'm too busy to grow. All right, so that's kind of the theme you and I came up with talking before, and I'm too busy to grow. That's a great headline, by the way, because I think um, if there's there's a lot of things we hear in the business coaching world, but nobody says I'm too busy to grow, but they just lay out all their problems of why they can't grow. And it all boils down to they're too busy to grow. <laughs> right. You, you never hear that. Oh, I got too many clients. I got too much business. I just can't why take anymore. I literally, this is, the, this is a, a multiple responses I get back from people on LinkedIn that I can't, take any more business and i'm like what does that mean exactly um right right because if you can't take on any business are you making as much money as you want to make and are you taking as much time as you want to take off right that that's and the answer probably is no they're probably working their rear end off servicing the business they have and they're too busy to take the next client but and the reality want. is that's where systems and processes and i think that's what we're going to cover today is how do you grow when you're too busy to grow? How do you grow when you're too busy to grow? So we had this conversation with uh, one of my guys earlier this week, service service guy, um, and he's got, let's call it um, master franchise for a territory, and he's got these franchisees that work inside the territory. But it doesn't matter what service business. You'd be a plumber, HVAC, electrician, carpet cleaner. It doesn't matter. It's the same concepts we have here. So he's got all these crews, let's call them crews, let's call them franchisees. And what he's finding is they reach this ceiling of complexity that, man, I can get these guys up to producing 5,000 a month. But after that, they're just too busy to grow. And so that's exactly the words. His, he's in charge of finding business for these guys. And he's got, I got more business than I can. I, I'd like to feed these guys more business. They can't handle it. They get to this ceiling of complexity that we call it. They get to this 5,000 a month number and they can't do anymore. They're too busy to grow. And so we got into that. What does that exactly mean? That's what you and I were talking about, right? So too busy to grow. What that really means is they're doing all the work themselves, right? That those crews are doing all the work. Your guys on LinkedIn, they're doing the work themselves. They're too busy to do anything else. They don't, they don't know how to take it to the next level right? We call that you reach the ceiling of complexity uh, over there in strategic coach. They call it, you've reached this level. It's as far as I can go. I need to think differently to get outside the box. Okay. And then, and then what you just said is I need to think differently to get outside the box. And I think where, where this starts is um, when you, when you get to a point in your business most people go through business and they're moving forward. They don't really look at their business looking back. So you've, I've, you've probably heard me say this several times. What does your business look like when it's done? 
And so if you're hitting a ceiling of complexity, you really do have to, to step outside of where you are and go, all right, if I was to pretend to take on all of this more business, all of this additional business, what would the company have to look like to make all that happen where it would work, where I don't have to do the work, like you just said, where I get more time off? Because ultimately, there's, there's two entrepreneurs. There's, well, let's call them two people in business. There's, there's one who is owned by the business and the other one who owns the business. And the one who owns the business is happy, gets time off, is like you, goes and plays golf all the time. I'm right, not right. that guy all the time, though, Matt. That's because <laughs> I, I love to work. I got to figure it out. What can I say? Yeah, that, but that's a good <laughs> thing. The, the point being is, so when you hit that ceiling of complexity that Dan Sullivan, so, you know, so I guess you'd say eloquently put it, the only way to get past it is you have to take yourself above that ceiling and look down on it and say, all right, what would I have to do to make all of this work so we could just continue to grow, um, right? Scalability. You're exactly right. So a totally different conversation with a different buddy of mine who's in a different city. And I, we had this, I just realized the exact same conversation. His business is going pretty well. He says, there's just not enough time in the day. And I say, all right, if we could wave the magic wand, what would you be doing? He said, man, I'd be doing prospecting 100% of the time. I was like, great, what's preventing you from doing prospecting 100% of the time? And then he came up with all his, you know, the excuses we call them, right? Well, because of this, because of that, because of this. And uh, we go back to, we call it the A, you know, your A-plus activities, right? If you're really good at prospecting, you're really good at getting in front of people and talking to those people, um, then that's your A-plus activity and you need to delegate everything else. I said, who's doing your travel schedule? He's like, I am. He's like, who's setting appointments? He's like, I am. Who's answering your email? He says, I am. Who's looking up the database to find out who these prospects are? I am. I was like, there you go. You just answered your own questions, right? I said, take a week, do an activity inventory, write down everything you do for the next week, every activity you do, and how many of those are not prospecting? Rate them on a scale of one to five. And a one to five, uh, five being... You absolutely love it. One being you absolutely hate it. Some people do it in reverse, but it yeah, I do. I do scale of three. I, I do it like, is that a $20 job or is that like a $10,000 job? The $10,000 job I got to do. I got to talk to the client. I got to talk to the prospect. I got to close the sale. Well, one of the things it's funny you say that is one of the things I had a conversation with a, um, we'll just say a friend of mine who's not a conservative and, um, tried to tell me that how capitalism doesn't work. And I said, do you cut your own lawn? And they said, no. And I said, why not? And they said, because I like my Saturdays. And then I said, why? Because my, and they all boiled down yeah, to one, yeah. one thing, because my time was more valuable than the money that I could exchange to get that done for me. There you go. And, when, and I say, welcome to, welcome to capitalism, because that's what this is, all right? Capitalism 101 says, if you're doing activities that, I'm, I'm going to use this cautiously, I don't want to say have less value, where, where you value your time more than doing that activity, where you can make more money with your time investing into, in this case, his A-plus activities was prospecting 100% of the time. If that's your A-plus, 
everything you're doing outside of that A plus is actually costing you money. It's a so, waste of time. It's yeah, a waste so of you time. You should be assigning that stuff to somebody else who that may be their A plus activity. Um, doesn't have to be their A plus if they're, um, you know, if they're a, an employee or an outsourced person. It doesn't have to be their A plus, but it'd be best if it, if they're on your staff and that's their A plus. You're going to find out you become very effective when you put A pluses in each category of the things you don't like to do, and everybody's an A plus. You don't even have to. You don't even have to supervise people like that. If you can put together an A plus organization. And that was where we started. We were talking about getting him an assistant or a virtual assistant or a part-time assistant or something to that effect. Um, that's exactly where it was. I was, he's too busy to grow anymore and he's doing really, really well. Uh, and he has great opportunities. So let me circle this back to the original conversation that I had with this uh, contractor or service business. And it was interesting. So we had to think outside the box and there are a lot of great thinking tools. A lot of things I think that we add value to is a different perspective, right? You know, you want a different perspective to the same situation. So we got to talking about, is there anybody producing more than 5,000 a month of your teams, of your franchisees? He says, yeah, there's whatever. I think there's like five of them. Well, great. You know, we talk about what's working for them. Well, those guys really seem to know how to hire and train and, you know, they don't use the excuse. I can't find any good people. Remember you and I have talked about finding good people in previous podcast episodes. Yep. Um, they know how to, you know, they just know how to do it. They got a business sense and know that you got to take a little step back in order to take a step forward and that type of stuff. Anyway, so it, we went through this whole exercise of, you know, what's working, what isn't working. Well, what isn't working with the guys that, that reach that 5,000? Well, some of them don't want it. Some of them don't want anymore. That's great. That could be a mindset thing. Some of them don't know the business concept of return on investment. We need to spend a little money to make a little money. Great. Um, and the rest, you get the excuses. I'm too busy. I'm already busy. I'm working too hard. I don't know how to hire, train. Can't find anybody is a great theme that I hear all the time right now. Can't find anybody. So let me just tell you the end result, which is really great. But you go through this whole exercise, just like you were just talking, you and I off beforehand, which was what's working, what isn't working, and let's brainstorm some ideas and, 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 and put together a strategy, right? That's, that's as simple as that. What's working? So what's working for those guys that are producing? What isn't working for the guys that aren't producing? And let's come up with a couple different strategies. So it turns out, I'll, I'll jump to the thing, the solution for him is, was more the exercise itself. You start identifying hiring the right people was one of the main things. Training was another main thing, right? So he trains the original crews, the original franchisees already. Well, gosh, can't you give that same material or a light version to your guys so they can use that to train their people? Can't, can't we make a light version of whatever you're training those guys, we could have our own training manual. Hell yeah, we could. heck yes, we could. We could just take a light version of that. Uh, how do we find great people? That's a, that's a great one we heard. You and I have talked about in the past where you've got, uh, I think you said contractors who have their own training development programs, right? Where it's come work for me, it'll be kind of minimum wage while I train you. And then at the end of the training, I don't know if that's a year, I don't know if that's 18 months, then I'll either pay you, you know, a full-fledged wage or you can go somebody else and be fully trained. Well, a lot of cases, I mean, in, in the trades industry, you start as an apprentice. And that apprenticeship tends to be almost like college. So that's why I think I really, and this, I'm too busy to grow. This is a perfect time to transition into, all right, not everybody's cut out for college. But right. it doesn't mean that not everybody's cut out to learn because everybody's cut out to learn if you're going to advance. 
Well, when you start as an apprentice, it's typically a four-year apprenticeship. Okay. And then you become a journeyman, which means you can pretty much go to jobs alone, but you're not a master yet. But typically a journeyman is a journeyman, journey person, sorry. Um, Got to be cautious these days. Uh, but um, you're going to be in that position for two years as a journeyman before you can even sit for a master exam. And right. then once you're a master, then you typically have to be a master for at least a year. At least that's the way it works in Florida and Texas at least a year before you can um, sit for a contractor's license exam. That's eight years. I don't know about how, about you doctors, but wow. that's a minimum of eight to be a licensed contractor in the state of Florida, Florida and the state of Texas. Wow. So, I didn't know that. That's a long time. That's a long time. But now I will tell you this, most master electricians um, make more than most doctors fresh out of college. Unless you're, <laughs> you're going to be a psychiatrist, Right, but what right. happens is this, is this is the issue at hand. Those master electricians who become licensed contractors, and I'm just, we're just using, yeah. we're talking about I'm too busy to grow. They never were taught how to grow a business. They were only taught how to be a technician with some basic business knowledge, enough business knowledge to pass the exam, right. but nobody taught them how to, look at their business outside of this, outside of the realm of being in the business and say, how are we going to grow this thing? Because now that you're a master, the last thing you want to do is do all the work. And, and this, <laughs> this is, is perfect. Yeah. This yeah. is the exact conversation where our conversation ended up going, which was uh, exactly that. Why don't we have a, so he gets, my guy gets called, Calls from other people who want to own their own crew, who want to own their own franchise in his territory. Gets that call. What's the number one hurdle? Money. You got to have X amount of money to start off with the capital. Why? Why? And he gets four or five of these calls a week. Why don't we? Why don't we start an apprentice program, a franchisee and training program, where those guys come in and they go work for your five good contractors that are doing good jobs. To find out if you're a fit, right? To you know, find out if you're a fit. That is exactly. in training. Okay. Yes. So I'm, uh, there's my copywriter side coming out, figuring out a, a whole game plan already. We have it. Yes. Even, but that's the, and that's the, and that's the, that was the brainstorm of the million dollar idea was you already have a built in force. These people are inquiring. They would love to own their own franchise. They don't have the money. Why don't we put our own little franchise in training? See if you're a good fit program that provides, an educated labor force for your more talented, the guys that already know what they're doing, right? The, friend, the, the guys that are making more than 5,000 a month already. Then, however many, is it a year? Is it four years? We didn't get to the specifics. We were kind of working it out, right? Is it a year and a half? Is it a two years? And then, go, then you get to either stay on that guy's crew or you get to go start your own franchise. Chick-fil-A does that. Uh, um, um, Waffle House does that. Well, you got to go work in these places before you get your own store. I'm pretty sure that the idea, it, it's certainly not ours, um, yeah. but the idea uh, started with Tom Monahan, the founder of Domino's Pizza. Okay. So okay. Um, he was one of the, okay, so you had the McDonald's franchise and Burger King, and those were people who bought into the business, and because they had so much skin in the game, they were going to make their, they were going to follow the rules of corporate. Well, Tom Monahan had a different concept. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to require that anybody who wants to be a franchisee has to work in a, our restaurant from delivery to making pizzas to everything. They have to work there a minimum of two years before they can get their own 
uh, franchise. So once they move into management, they've got some down payment money, then we'll finance them as a franchisee. So Tom Monahan, um, it's what made Domino's a billion dollar company was the concept of, of fit, <laughs> right? Yes, Franchisee yes. in training, and, and it absolutely works. Even, whether you're a franchisee or not, ultimately, you're a sales and marketing company. And then most people forget that is that everybody has to be a sales and marketing company, but you still have to take care of your customers. And that's, that's where the performance comes in. And that's where you need franchisees and training or people. That, uh, you, you constantly have to be running a school, if you were, will. Yeah. I don't care what business you're in. You're, right. in. you're in the business of education. Yes. And that, and this fits so perfectly. I'm going to go look that up, the domino case study, right? Because that's exactly where we got into this conversation with him in that. And here's where it goes. I remember doing, I was a finance major in college and I did a project like that for a local business owner. He wanted to open another store in a different state, different city. And so I helped him put together that whole business plan. And then once I saw the business plan myself, I was like, gosh, this would be a great opportunity. And he was like, well, do you want to go do this? And I was a junior in college at the time. And I was like, no, I, I want to go ahead and finish my education. And then it didn't circle back for me, but I was very tempted. So that the conversation I led to with him was, where is your source? So, so I live here in Atlanta. And in Atlanta, we have uh, some great colleges just right around here. So Athens, so UGA is an hour away. They have an entrepreneurial program. Kennesaw State, they're 20 minutes away. They got an entrepreneurial program. Georgia State, downtown, they got an entrepreneurial program. Georgia Tech has an entrepreneurial business program. That's four colleges, and there are probably some other community college I don't even know about around here, that have entrepreneurial-type programs. You show these guys the money. These guys, these guys can make 5000 bucks. He says, I can get you to 5000 bucks a month within three months. He says, I can get you within $25,000 within a year, year and a half. Right, which would mean you'd have to have other crews, right? But you could be, my point being is you could go take somebody out of one of these colleges who's an entrepreneurial major. doesn't have to be. I'm just saying it could be anybody, right? I'm just, as a resource, we have connections to these colleges. Go give a talk to these kids. Show them. Here's the opportunity. I think there's such an opportunity in professional services. Plumbers, I saw some ad the other day. The average plumber is now making $90,000. HVAC, electrician, like you just said, these kids don't know that there's this opportunity out there. And you know, the sad part is, and, and it call it the, um, I don't know, the, the problem with our colleges and universities today, you name three good universities and the people teaching those entrepreneurship classes are not Never entrepreneurs. Done Never done it. Because if right. they were any good at what they were doing, they wouldn't be a professor at a college. And I don't mean that. I'm just not no, a of professors. It's the reality is if you're a good entrepreneur, you're, you're teaching other people, you're building systems to teach other people your business so you can grow your business. You, um, and you may donate some time uh, to the local community college to help others. But for the most part, um, you certainly aren't going to take a job with tenure as a professor, you're going to be out in the real world making money. But you're right, taking those students who went into that because they say, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to be an entrepreneur. And if they don't have their spirit destroyed while they're in college, they can go on to be an entrepreneur. Well, I just think it's a great, you know, there's there's your research. He's getting random four calls of people who want to be in his business, right? But I was talking about, we could even be proactive and find your labor force proactively, 
right? And go to these colleges and go to the entrepreneurial programs and, and talk about the business model and here's what it looks like and you could do this or you could do this. You could own five different teams, crews working for you and you've got a business of your own and, and he's got the business plan already written for you and he's bringing in the bit. How many franchise businesses where the business is already brought in for you? Right? You know, I don't know of many. Um, I don't know of many. You, know, you have to admit, um, even even Chick Fil A does it well. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I mentioned uh, Domino's, but Chick Fil A does a very similar thing where you go into their business and you're going to work there, and when a store becomes available, they invest all the money, and then you go technically run that store on their behalf. You really don't own it, but you own right. profit and revenue off the store. So it's like being a franchisee, but they don't take, for the most part, uh, Chick-fil-A is not known for taking entrepreneurs. And th this is why this is important. They don't take entrepreneurs and teach them their business. They take people and turn them into entrepreneurs. And there's, yes. a, there's a different story uh, that, because a lot of us are, are born entrepreneurs. We knew it when we were very young, but they just, they take good people and, and show them a game plan, which is what colleges do very well is they teach you to follow these steps so that if you're in college to learn to be an entrepreneur and you can plug into a system like a franchise system, that's going to teach you everything is already laid out and all you got to do is follow the dots. That's a winning formula. That's good advice you gave to your, your buddy there because that's all you got to do. That's how this, this goes into how every business owner should think of his, his business, right? So, you know, books we talked about before, E-Myth, E-Myth Revisited, Traction, uh, Rockefeller Habits, all those books talk about putting systems and processes in place in your business so you can teach other people how to do your business or pieces of your business. So then you make more and take more time off. Right. So it, it comes full circle here. Even if you're not a franchise, you're just a, you're just a whatever contract carpet cleaner, house builder, electrician. You should be thinking about what pieces of this business can I build a checklist? Cause if I can build a checklist, I can teach somebody else how to do it. Right. Or at least teach them how to do six out of the 10 steps. And it freed me up that I didn't have to do six of the steps. Right. You, these, you got to start thinking is everything in your business is a process and, and has a checklist to it. And the three main ones are, we talked about, you got to attract new clients, right? That's, you got to deliver the service and you got to stay in touch with those existing clients. I call that uh, the scale, right? You got to uh, get a service and scale, right? So, before, during, and after, I think is what uh, Dean Jackson calls it. And that you got a before unit, you got to attract new clients, you got to deliver the service, you got to uh, after unit, you got to stay in touch and get referrals and continue in business, right? And so that was part of the process with this guy. He's got a great business. He needs to start thinking he's a franchisee and he needs to think like a franchisee of his own franchise, right? Right. The common Domino's pizza guy needs to think like a business owner systems of process so he could take train the next guy to come in and make the pizzas. And let's, let's stay on Domino's for just a second because I have a, I have a very good friend of mine who um, went on to eventually own 25 Domino's uh, locations. Okay. And, um, and then he sold them for Buku money. Um, I will say that. But what he did very well is 
there was a concept. Now this, now he sold out of the business probably, I'm going to guess 10 or 12 years ago. So I can't speak for the way the company sure. is today. And of course I have no, you know, this is only, I've only seen it from one franchisee side. I don't know what the company's like today, but that being said, their process was if you're an owner and you're active owner working in your store, you can make about 5,000 a week when your store does 20,000 a week. So okay. if you're actively working in the store. If you're an owner, we're going to teach you to take the same thing, but do enough marketing to create $20,000 a week. And if you'll do that, as you accumulate more stores, you'll make, you'll net about 2000 a week as an owner. So you'll net about 10%. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound like a bad deal. So if you follow their system and you have 25 stores and you can net 2000 bucks a week per store and you're not actively, the only way you can do that is you can't be actively working in any one of them. And that's why it's, this is right on track. I'm not too busy yes. to go. But we're also talking about somebody who is spending massive amounts of money on marketing. And this is, this is where I, I, I'm too busy to grow. I, I, I literally talked to somebody this week who is spending $140,000 a month on advertising on Facebook ads. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. He goes, man, I'll be, I'll be over a half a million in a year. And I'm like a half a million a month. Think about that. So <laughs> why is that important? Because he's already put all the other systems in place that all he wants to do now is grow. So the system, everything, what you were just talking about, attract, deliver, stay in touch. Well, um, I believe that automation is the key to scalability and scalability is the key to freedom. So this gentleman already had the automation in place that he, all he has to do is plug more money into the marketing budget, not just to grow for no reason. He has profit that he makes out of right. it. He knows exactly right. what his numbers are. But so attract, deliver, and stay in touch those things are all systems and when those yes. when those three items in your business are systems and automated now you have the key to scalability yes so sometimes yes. the deliver part um that's what we're talking about that's Concept, what we're talking about today yes I'm too busy to grow too busy because i'm too busy in delivering the service so that's where you have to create systems of education uh systems of coaching systems of of literally um hands-on training all of those systems, and sometimes it's really, if you're not a systems person, it's not as fun as it sounds, but at the same time, <laughs> absolutely necessary if you want to take your life back, because your business will steal your life if you let it. Oh, absolutely. It'll take as much time or as much money as you let it. Every yeah. business is what I always tell guys. It'll always take as much money as you'll give it, and it'll always take as much of your time as you'll give it. And it'll take yeah. as much money as you can borrow too. That, that's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> but you got to have that all your discipline. money and you'll be able to go get more and then borrow more and give it to your company. And it'll suck it all up. But it's funny you say it. So, so that's what it is. So, so, uh, I, too busy, too busy to, to grow. Right. And so we talk about systems and processes is what's needed. And you might already have some of that stuff in there. You just didn't realize it. Right. We talked last week, you know, work so well, I quit doing it type stuff, but what I'll say is I think the easiest way to start for that is literally that activity inventory, right? So I don't think you even have to make it that complex. I swear that if you say, like the guy I was talking to, hey, I just want to prospect 100% of the time, and my question is, why aren't you? Hey, I just want to install uh, air conditioned units all day long, but then why aren't you? Hey, I just want to clean carpets all day long, why aren't you? 
right? Start with just the activity inventory and figure out which one of those activities that you could start delegating, right? That's the easiest way to sit. It, it's, not, it's not rocket science and it's not like these massive systems. I'm talking about a system as, as a checklist, right? That I need somebody to return the phone calls for the prospects that called yesterday, right? That maybe, maybe I spent an hour doing that in the morning. Well, there's a checklist. Uh, look at yesterday's list, who called, and I need somebody to call them back the first hour of the day, right? So, so I will say that it's much easier at least to start, at least to start systematizing your business. It's just do the activity inventory. What are your A, B, and C activities? You call them the, you know, one, one two, or three, or one to five. Well, one so to know. five, and there's a reason I do the one to five because um, it, it gives you a kind of a ranking system, if you will. So let's say well, five being you absolutely love it, one being you absolutely hate doing it. But you, just because you're good at something, just because it's a four activity for you doesn't mean you should be doing it, but you're going to have to do it for a while. So for a while, by yes. By having a five step, but ABC works too, a three step process. When, when you're, we'll call A being the best activity, C being the worst. Yes. The first things you want to start delegating would, would be the C activities. Exactly so, right. If you don't have systems, written systems, everybody's got a system. Right. I mean, right. I got a system on my desk. I mean, everybody <laughs> has a system. Right. And we got real estate stuff right there. Okay. I mean, I, right. everybody has a system. If you if you write your systems out, then you can start plugging people in. You start with the C activity, and get all of those off your plate. Now, maybe let's say you've got yourself two hours a week, maybe three right. hours. But the first, right. let's say the first four weeks, you get no free time because you're spending those two hours teaching it to somebody else. But after a month, guess what? No more C activities and you've already, you've now got a system in place that you, you can teach somebody with. And now you have someone there that hopefully they work out, but if they don't, you can plug someone back into the system um, and all your C activities are, are gone. So yes. now you're going to take that extra time. It's almost like investing money. You're going to yes. take the extra time. You're going to start learning how to delegate the Bs, how to get yes. the Cs off your plate. And um, when you, when you get, and again, you might take all the time you're spending on B's plus what you were spending on the C's now to create a system to get all those B activities yeah. off your plate. Yeah. And so what I say is I say you start with the entrepreneur himself, herself. So again, simple. So first, and then we'll fix your staff or your sales crew. But if you fix the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial first, the him or her, where they learn to delegate, then it's easier for them to even teach, okay, now we need to free up time for your sales force. How do we make it easier for your sales force to do it, right? But I like to start with the, with the entrepreneur himself, herself, because it's almost like you're eating your own pudding, right? It's, right? You're eating your own cooking. Hey, this is what I'm doing to delegate my ABC activities. Uh, I'm going to do it, show you guys how to do it. Then I'm going to teach you how to the next stage down. I need to now get my crew right? You got your crews. We got to teach my crews how to delegate. We got to teach my salespeople offer support for them. But I just say, I don't want people to get scared about systems and processes that it, to me, it's like an ABC checklist. And I do like little videos on my phone or on screencast where you just, Hey, here's how I check the email and here's my typical responses. And I just make like a little one, two, three minute video, right? That's how I can train somebody how to do something. Uh, I'm not a big writer. I know you're a big writer. Uh, I'm kind of a, a talker. Right. So I'd well, rather I like to make talk. A video. Yeah. The problem is um, I can get, I, my mind runs off in tangents. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I want to stay on subject, I have to write because it'll keep me on subject as opposed to if I'm talking to you, what might actually take five minutes could actually run into 15 <laughs> or 20 because I'm okay. going to go right. on a tangent. So there's a, there is a method to my madness, but I'm, I'm actually so glad you brought that up because people do make uh, making systems too complex. Um, I talk to, of course, I'm big on lead magnets. And I right. say, well, look, if you don't want to write them, create them, create them on your phone. Just, just make some good lead magnets, but focus on, okay, like what are we doing right now? We are focusing on a problem for, I would say, a, a big majority of business owners. We're probably even in the 60% of business owners probably face, I'm too busy to grow. This is right. not some small problem. This is something that is faced. So what are we doing? We're talking out the problem saying, okay, here's the problem. Now we know you're busy. So what, what are we going to do about the problem? And we've laid out really a ABC. That's the right. easiest way to explain it. Take activity inventory. Um, and, and I do think the activity inventory is a trademark of Dan Sullivan. So we want to give him credit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, do believe, I have a different, um, uh, I, I do something differently, so I don't I don't mess with trademark. But I do ha I use the one through five scale of one through five, and it's 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 the same thing. Ultimately, you got to figure out what you're doing on an. I like. Where's your time? Where's your time going? I like to do it on a 15 minute windows. So what did you do the last 15 minutes? And you diary it. You you diary yep. diary 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 for about two weeks, and then look at oh crap, you know. <laughs> it's the 80 20 rule, right? And we're spending 80 percent of our time doing the non-essential work. Only 20% of our time is spent in the productive, make money, enjoy stuff. The 80-20 rule. That's what you're going to see. But we're all that way. I actually do this every quarter for myself, right? That every quarter, I'm still doing 80% of stuff I shouldn't be doing. It's natural. So it's, I don't want to tell you it's a one and done thing. Well, it's never done. And, and the, the biggest problem I think with entrepreneurs is we spend so much time, we, we, we spend so much time time trying to be better at the things we're not good at instead of focusing all of our time on the things that we are good at and yes. if we would just foot when not i'm not talking good at i'm talking excellent i'm talking a plus activities um what's the the coach's name head coach of alabama oh yeah uh yeah saban right saban yes so he was, I watched a, a speech of him yesterday. Not a big fan, by the way, I'm a Gator, all right? <laughs> but um, watching a speech of him, and he talked about how some people are good, some people are great, some people strive for excellence. And we're trying to put together excellence. And so a lot of the things in the good area and the great area are okay. You, you, can, you work on those, but the reality is us entrepreneurs, if you really want to be excellent, You've got to get your 80-20 to where your 80 is spent on great. Yes. And your 20 is on excellence. If you could get 80 on the excellence part, then you're talking at a professional. Look, you take a professional athlete. They spend 80% of their time on excellence and 20% of their time on perfection. Okay, there's, there's a point in, in life where you can move all the way up this chain. They don't waste any time. Um, I, was, uh, I heard a story today about, oh, I'm trying to think of the hitter's name. Um, he was, he's a baseball player in, in the, like the 60s, and uh, they were talking about his swing, how effortlessly it, it, 
his swing looked so effortless. And uh, basically for um, one hour every night before bed for 20 straight years, he swung a 44-pound bat. So he put weights on a bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swung it, and it was something like like 4,800 swings um, per week. And then he figured out, you know, I did like 50,000 swings <laughs> over this period of time. You want to talk about effortless, you swing a 50-pound bat. Um, well, it was effortless when he when he did it without – and that's the point here is he, right. he, was, he was beyond the excellence. He was, he was at that, that ex, expert level, if you will, the perfection level. And that's what we're trying to get any entrepreneur. If you're too busy to, to grow, you got to get your 80% activity. Keep moving up the chain. And that's why when you break it down into five spots – or, and as you move up, you might break it down into 10 spots and you're only going to try to work everything at a 10, but yeah. you'll never get it all there. That's perfectionist. Oh, no, it's just a process. Yeah. The process, not perfection, right? Process, yeah. not perfection. Is what we like to. All right. We got to wrap this up. Uh, too busy to grow. Uh, too busy to grow. That's the ceiling of complexity. You're, you're getting in your own way. You got to get out of your own way. We talked about a bunch of different examples. Our easiest example was talking about where are you spending your time? Uh, a, B, and C activities, or one, two, three, four, five activities. Take a week, take two weeks, write everything down. You'll find 80% of your time is spent doing non-essential items. We want to get more of your time doing this essential stuff. Uh, how about you? Where are we going to find you this week, Dave? Matt, uh, you can, they can find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at David Mulvaney. Uh, but uh, lots of uh, good um, content today. I just, I mean, I think anybody who is struggling in your business, this is a time um, where I often say, you know, for years, I didn't want to hire a business coach. Um, the reality is when you're stuck, you need outside influences. And, and that's why we do this. And, and so you know, the, the point here is if you're too busy to grow, if you're not growing, you're shrinking and eventually That's you're right. going to consume your life. So Matt, where can we find you? Yeah. So uh, let's see 10x profitability. No, 10x, ah, sorry. 10xprofitblueprint.com. Yep. 10xprofitblueprint.com. And then Matt Hudgens over at the LinkedIn uh, site. So it's always good. No, you're exactly right. This is, this is why we do this stuff, but that's what you need. You need a third party perspective. I mean, you and I've seen a bunch, we know a bunch, we, we just know how to, come at issues from a different angle sometimes that's all you need bounce an idea off somebody you might already have it in your own head you just didn't know it yeah normally it's there you just you just need somebody to confirm um your suspicion confirm it. yeah confirm it or help you pull it out yeah. clarify good all, all right, right man. Man. well enjoy your uh, enjoy your afternoon we'll talk soon right. see you